Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Polachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSP community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. The SMB Community Podcast is sponsored by Kernan Consulting and the Millionaire Mastermind Peer Groups. If you're looking for a small, more intimate growth group that will help you with your strategic planning, sales and marketing, and helping hold you accountable in a professional but fun way, then come check out the Millionaire Mastermind Peer Groups, mmpeergroups.com for more information. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SMB Community Podcast. This is James Kernan with Kernan Consulting, and I am here with my good friend, Miss Amy Babinchek. Hey, Amy, how are you? I'm doing very well, James. Thank you. And uh, it is a shame, everybody, that you're not watching right now because I think I'm having a good hair day today. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's a little crazy, a little crazy. I got to go get a haircut <laughs> later today. But uh, I finally got my haircut. It was a very good thing. I think I told you last time that my hair person was out for three weeks, which coincided exactly with when I was supposed to go in and get a haircut. Amy, you've been on the road. So what, what have you been up to? I think you just got back from a show you spoke at. Um, I did. I just got back from SMB Tech Fest. What a great show. They hold those every quarter, much like you hold your yours every quarter. Um, yeah. Dave Seibert out in California holds SMB Tech Fest every quarter. He has different speakers every quarter. Really super professional show environment. Um, it's really good. And, um, you know, I, uh, I was really, I, I spoke two different sessions. I spoke about one on um, how we're going to modernize our MSPs to encompass security, mm. right? That's the that's the big thing that that we all have to do, and that means my my message that I was trying to get forward to them is: uh, if you're measuring the success of your business on the the speed of which you close tickets, then you need to rethink what you're doing because. Uh, security needs to be our number one. And so we need to come up with new PKIs to measure how well we're doing on proactively securing our client and make that our new focus. So we talked a lot about that. And then I kind of dove into Windows Defender and what it looks like to be proactive in security and kind of what your people are going to be doing, because this was mainly a business owner's um, audience. So I gave them kind of a glimpse of what it what it means to be proactively secure and all the tasks you have to do and what that looks like from a job standpoint. Okay. Um, and my second session, I talked about conditional access and kind of got all geeky and how to do it and how it works and all that stuff it was a big old deep dive there. Um, and I was really pleased. I got a ton of questions from folks afterwards about the the classes that we're doing at third tier. Um, our Intune class, we set it up for 12 students and we got 48 students when I finally, I closed it three times, but I kept getting people pinging me on it. So we kept reopening it and then we closed it for good at 48. And um, good for you. So I got more questions, uh, you know, what else are you going to teach? When can I get in? Is there a waiting list? So um, 
yeah, there seems to be be a great need. And um, I'm thinking it's a, you know, confirmation that what we're offering, because we're not offering a quick jump in, learn something, go home, implement it. Yeah. We're offering a go home, learn something, come to class to figure out how to implement it. I love your technical sessions. You know, last time I had you at the, the mastermind conference in Chicago, I remember you, uh, <clears throat> I think the topic was something along the lines of, you know, how to run your business on the Microsoft platform and, uh, you know, with, with the stack and you were showing everybody what, what, what you mean by that. And that was pretty, that was pretty impressive. That was pretty impressive. So here's the real question. Amy, how many pictures of your cat were in your presentation this time? <laughs> That's right. When I did, when I did that presentation at yours, I had I it was all cat themed. Um, <laughs> there was one cat in my presentation, but okay. it was a cartoon. It wasn't actually actually my cat. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's uh, that's great. And actually, you know, though I'm joking with Amy. I think it's really important for all of you, you know, we'll talk a little bit about marketing and sales today, but I think it's really important as part of your unique selling proposition to differentiate yourself on your personality. And, uh, you know, I, I love the cat theme, you know, cause that's in sailing, you know, you can't think of Amy without thinking of a sailboat. Yep. Um, and I even have pictures of my cat on the sailboat. So there you go. There you go. Double duty. Yeah. Cool. Hey, I'm I'm dying to jump into this topic because it's a good one. It's uh, so the question of the week that came in was how do you qualify an opportunity so you don't waste your time? And I know as an owner operator and running your own MSP for years, you you've got an opinion of that. So what are your how would you respond to that question? I you know yeah we have no time to waste right because you you said the words owner operator so that usually means that we're the we're also the salesperson. <laughs> Yep. Um, and we don't we don't have time to waste. And, you know, <clears throat> you get a lot of offers out there to generate generate opportunities for you to, you know, to go out and sell. Unfortunately, most of the opportunities that marketing firms are going to generate for you are not very warm. And we as business owners, we don't know how to convert those. Yeah. And so and so like the questioner said, it's kind of a waste of our time to go out on those on those sales. So my technique was to make sure that um, the customer, the potential customer is already self-selected that they might want to do business with us. Yeah. Um, and that was that was the really important key. Right. So it's my opportunity to lose rather than my opportunity to win. And that was a, that was a, um, a big differentiator in the way that, that we did marketing. Um, I would, um, you know, put a, put a lot of marketing and information out there, thought leadership stuff, direct mail, um, but none of me actually reaching out one-on-one, -on -one, cold calling, you know, generating appointments kind of thing. It was just putting out good information making contact with businesses in the area and then waiting for them to call me. And once they mm -hmm. called me, I knew they were really likely to be ready to sign a contract, right? They've decided that they're interested in, 
uh, finding a new MSP. And because of our marketing, they knew that we were in the area and, um, you know, uh, when, when, they, when they see you in LinkedIn all the time and they see you in social media and they get your mailing, they get, they, they feel like you're an expert already, right? And that's why they're calling you. Yep. And so that's why I say it's your opportunity to lose because they're already have self-selected when they make that call that they're ready. They're ready to make a switch from whoever they're using now to probably you, right? Yeah. Un unless you do something wrong at that that call. And many times I was able to get them to sign that contract on the, the first time we physically met in person. Yeah, you, you guys had a high close ratio. That was fantastic. So you said something a minute ago that I think is really important. I just want to emphasize for the audience so they understand. Um, a lot of people, you know, sales and marketing are very different. And we're kind of talking about sales right now, how to qualify an opportunity. Marketing is what's warming everybody up and building credibility. Um, the marketing that you were doing, and you said social media, it's all about you elevating yourself, your company as the thought leader in your local economy, your local community. And mm -hmm. if someone had, you know, a Microsoft question or they're having security troubles or need a managed IT expert, you were the, the local thought leader because of the type of marketing it was all educational, uh, right? And, and I think that's how you elevated your brand. So you walked in the door already. Most sales appointments, you're sitting there trying to build credibility and talk about how cool, and I'm paraphrasing now, how cool you are. <laughs> I'm not saying you, but right. if you do good marketing ahead of time and you warm them up, you, you don't have to do that. You know, you're already there. So uh, I think well said, that's that's excellent um, stuff. Yeah, we, you know, I had a, a technique for building great local contacts too, um, because that's really key for most, most of our MSPs. And um, now, don't get me wrong, you know, we had, and my MSP um, was doing business in eight states, but um, out of our local area was sort of incidental and accidental, right? So yeah. as I'm as I'm marketing <laughs> on, on LinkedIn, uh, people from anywhere can, can look at that. And so, you know, some folks did and contacted us from, from other areas because they're comfortable uh, working with businesses that were out of their local area. But especially if you're in the SMB market, most people want somebody that's local. So we've really right. focused our marketing there. And um, <clears throat> I have a white paper, um, actually, it's available at thirdtier.net on how to develop a great local following on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and in there, I, I describe the technique of um, connecting to local businesses, uh, connecting to your clients, and then using your clients' contacts to connect to other local businesses, sort of as your source of authority is the customers that you already have. Yep, just go over to thirdtier.net and I, I will put an exact link to it, but um, uh, yeah, we'll put the, put the exact link in the show notes. Um, if you don't wanna wait for that, you can just go over to thirdtier.net and look it up there. Very cool. Yeah, the so we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but uh, you know we would uh, my teams the way I trained them is the sales qualification process was kind of ongoing. You're always asking qualifying questions 
to better understand the opportunity. And they're either, you know, green flags or red flags. Everything from, you know, when you talk to them on the phone and you're setting up the appointment, you want to make sure before you even set up the appointment, how many users they have, where they're located. Um, you're, you're just trying to ask the basic questions. How do they support themselves today? Have they had any major issues or why did you, why did they call you? Um, those basic things. And then that's kind of a pre-qualifying. And then you kind of go into the real qualifying with what I want to say next, but the training that that I've always taught sales professionals is it's it's um, uh, the qualification process is called Scotsman, and you just use the acronym S is for solution. You know, is there a solution that we can supply and support? Can it be matched within our current pro portfolio? Is that something that we can do? Uh, C is competition. Are you aware who you're competing <laughs> against? Are they doing it internally, or are they is there an incumbent MSP that's in there? originality this is an important one to me is there something different or unique that you can bring to the potential sale that only you can do uh, that you know or are you just bidding out do they just want a price per seat or per user you know that uh, that's a little bit of a red flag if they're just asking that the timing you always want to be aware of what their purchasing timetable is is it tied to a deadline another contract uh, or do they want to get it done by the end of the year? And is that reasonable? You know, S is size. You know, is it is is the the juice worth the squeeze? You know, is it worth your effort of engaging in a sales process? M was money. You know, is there uh, do they have a budget? Is it approved? Uh, you know, how were they doing it before? Sometimes without directly asking the budget question, you can get answers to that question by just finding out how they support themselves today. Uh, you know, they'll be happy to share that with you. And then A is authority. Are you talking to the right person? You know, and I, a question, instead of downgrading, I was like asking the question, you know, hey, above and beyond yourself, who else is involved in the decision making of what, what you do? You know, who you buy from and, and what you buy. I Because I, it's important that we involve them in the meetings as well. So I was like finding out the authority figures and then, N is for need, you know, can you match the need and are you aware of everything that they really want? And at half the time, in my experience, you know, when you're interviewing a prospect, they don't really know what they need yet. So that's where an assessment would be really valuable, you know, so you could, uh, you diagnose, we're the experts, we're supposed to diagnose the problem, not have them tell us what their problem is. Um, so just imagine if if doctors, you know, operated that way. Yeah, I've got a little bit of a cough and my heart uh, seems to be a little fast. Oh, well, we're going to have open heart surgery then. Let's just right. do it right now. <laughs> Can you imagine how terrifying would that be? <laughs> Woo, got to get a new doctor. But uh, yeah, no, so we're the experts. So we need to be the one diagnosing what they want, um, you know, within reason. So a couple other things that were in the news. Uh, so I know that Apple Vision Pro is out. I don't know if you saw the price tag on that. Yeah, I think it's a 30, it's a wowsy. Five hundred dollars virtual virtual reality headset. I have one of those uh, um, uh, Oculus headsets that were pretty uh -huh. cool, and yeah. know, I thought that was pricey at like four hundred bucks. But you know, some of our peer groups we do happy hour on Fridays and play mini golf, so that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> A fun toy to have so that's why i bought it 
but uh, I don't know if I'm going to drop 3,500 bucks for a, a new one. So I think I'm a pass on that. You know, Apple is promoting this as a developer kit, right? So, so they're really trying to get the developers to buy it so that they'll produce products for it and that will actually kick it off. And we'll yep. see if it happens. Um, while I was looking at that, though, I found another thing called um, just vision. And huh. um, it looks looks a little more like glasses. And it sort of has one use case, probably some, other, some others I'm not aware of. But the one use case that they promote is the one that I would be most interested in. And that is you put them on, and now you have up to five additional monitors in your view. Oh, boy. It, which means, you know, you could take your laptop wherever you go and have your extra monitors with you. Um, and that that thing was being offered for uh, a thousand upfront or 400 with a monthly charge of 40 bucks a month. And then they were going to refund, give you a 50% credit when they come out with the next version. So wow. very interesting products out there. As I think of use cases for myself, like why would I want to have this virtual world? Well, virtual monitors would be super handy. I could be on the airplane and have my whole normal workspace. That would be awesome. Awesome. Well, so I don't know about you, but the stock market's going crazy. And obviously that's one of the many things that you can monitor how the national economy is going. The, the market since the beginning of the year have been on fire in a good way. Uh, however, uh, the one that caught my my eye was Snapchat, and Snapchat uh, just reported a $248 million loss in their most recent quarter, and their stock was down 30%. So that kind of, but you kind of think about um, uh, what social media that people are using today. Uh, Snapchat obviously was really popular. I think the usage is going down, and the stock is kind of telling you in that story, but I don't, I never used that in my marketing for my business. And it kind of made me think, you know, something you and I've chatted about before, what social media platforms are you using today? Not just personally, because Snapchat was more of a personal goofy one that I just use for my, my kids. So how, how would you answer that, Amy? Well, there's so many now, right? Our, our social media has really fragmented and we're still in this kind of state where there's just so many different ones. Um, so the ones that I am using right now is uh, Mastodon, LinkedIn, Facebook. I love Facebook for keeping in touch with people, and I also love the way that Facebook handles groups. I yeah. think it, I think it just has a way of fostering conversation in groups that none of the other social media platforms seem to have. Um, so what did I say? Mastodon, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, I, and I'm kind of dipping my toe into threads a little bit. I'm not super happy with threads yet. It's not really grabbing me, um, but threads and Mastodon are apparently going to be merging. And okay. that's pretty interesting because when I look at those two things, like when I go into threads, it sort of just looks like somebody's Facebook feed that isn't mine because my Facebook feed is pretty highly curated to just the folks I want to hear from. Yeah. So it's sort of a more of an open, open feed, kind of, you know, like Twitter. Um, but when I look at my Mastodon feed, though, 
it is specifically IT security. And that's okay. the only topic of conversation that's in Mastodon because Mastodon has this concept of servers. Uh, I do air quotes with that. And each server is has a specific purpose. And so the one I'm part of is cybersecurity. So I don't see anything else except cybersecurity. So I'm really curious of how threads in Mastodon are going to mush together. I've, I've had um, in, in the mastermind community, in my customer base, I've seen a couple of my customers are getting great results with TikTok. They're doing some security videos and commentary on real life headlines. And then they do, you know, their commentary to that. Uh, they're getting good, uh, great exp exposure there. So that's sporadic, but I do want to report that. And then I'm, you know, we get great results at Kernan Consulting on both uh, LinkedIn and Facebook. So, you know, we've got, uh, you know, both professional accounts and personal accounts. And I kind of, they're almost one and the same anymore to me. But, yeah, um, me too. I, I sort of treat both of those platforms the same. Yeah. Um, the um, I, Twitter, Twitter's one also that never really grabbed me. Um, and I think it's because of sort of that open stream of consciousness thing that goes on. I don't have I don't have a lot of ability to curate it to just what I want to see. I have some tools, but nowhere near as many as I have on on Facebook. So um, it, I lose interest because I have to wade through a lot of junk to see what I might be interested in. I'm finding the same thing as I mentioned on on Threads, which is Facebook's Twitter experience, if you will. Yeah. Um, the other one that is interesting that you don't hear much about, but it's pretty active, is called Post News. Okay. And it is truly about news. And yeah. um, there's a lot of reporters in there and journalists of all sorts. And, um, you know, they're posting tips and news blurbs and things to, to each other. Um, and so I'm just sort of an observer, but it's interesting to see these more specialized social media platforms uh, coming out. Maybe that's a maturity level in social media that maybe it's a trend we might see. It's time for five minutes with somebody smart. I am here with a special guest today, cybersecurity guru, Mr. Christoph Reglet. Uh, hey, Christoph, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good, Jens. How are you? So I've got to ask, how did you kind of come up with the idea for your company is Cypher, uh, S-X-I-P-H-E-R, Cypher. So how did you come up with the idea for the business? What, what, uh, what sparked that vision? Well, so, you know, after I spent, you know, um, some 20 plus years, you know, in cybersecurity, uh, I've been, you know, really engaged into compliancy, okay? Going from, you know, um, HIPAA compliancy to GLBA to FedRAMP to criminal justice compliancy. So all those compliancy coming up. And of course, you know, I've been engaged also with cybersecurity insurance that plays a huge part, yes. you know, yes. not in the compliancy, but they're the one, you know, basically telling you what you have to do, right? And, you know, at the time I have a data center and I wanted to, uh, I was required, you know, by my insurance company to do a pen test. 
because you know it's coming now. You know, they they if you look at the insurance company over the years, they first you had you had to have you know like MFAs and firewalls, and now you know it's evolving because they feel that it's never enough to insure you, yeah. and now they're requiring a pen test, right? So and then I you know got you know some quotes, and the quote I got was absolutely enormous. Uh, I'm talking about like you know seventy thousand hour plus. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's not going to work here. <laughs> What's going on here, right? And I kept looking around and, you know, came about the same price and, uh, you know, keep pricing it even for like, you know, maybe something less than a data center, small, medium business. And it was still very, very expensive to, to be unaffordable, you know, by a small business. So I looked into it and uh, I, I really dig. And when I tell you, when I dig, I dig, right? And I got, you know, like uh, the two, three software that exists, you know, that allow people to actually do a pen test. Now, if you buy the software, you have to have like pen tester, you know, that actually run the software and, you know, be intelligent about it, right? It can just be done like a vulnerability testing that anybody can run. The pen testing software is a serious software. And the software, after I run them, I was very, very disappointed because they run on script, basically. So they have a set of script embedded in them. And it really doesn't do justice, you know, to a pen testing. It's really, they have a lot of false positive and it's just not, you know, very scalable. They are very expensive. Uh, they have a lot of contracts. And I was like, no, 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 this is, there's, there's something wrong with the industry here. We should be able to, you know, run a pen testing as a commodity. And how do we do that? And that's the creation of Cypher basically with DEI. And uh, can you elaborate a little bit more about how artificial intelligence helps make your tool better? So artificial intelligence is, is, I mean, it's not new, but it's new in the development right now. It's becoming very active. Uh, there are multiple stages. We are stage four AI. That means that we are using deep learning AI. That means the AI has a neural network, a brain, where it learns, okay? So how is it important? Because the AI can perform a lot of pen tests at the same time, right? And every time it's going to do a pen test, even on the same network, it will learn. It's going to keep on learning the network. And so basically two pen tests will never look the same. Even if you leave the, the, the AI, you know, run the pen test, you know, continuously, the second time it's going to run it, it's going to be different than the, second, than the first one because the strategy AI behind it is going to say, well, okay, maybe we need to use this strategy. Maybe we need to do this and do that, which is very important when you run a pen test because you need to make sure that you have the best pen test at all time, right? right. That's usually people that say, well, we're going to use this company this year for the pen test, and now we use this company for the pen test. And the beauty with the AI, you don't have to do that because the AI learns. Yeah, it gets better. And it's going to get so much better that by October, it will be able to create its own zero-day exploit. Wow. This, that's the power you know, they're going to have at the, finger, at the fingertip, basically, at that price. And then to me, the best thing, you know, everybody wants a good deal and your product is the best value I've seen in the marketplace, yeah. but you guys are running a promotion this spring as well. What was the promotion look like? Uh, the promotion was going to only happen in March and it's going to be 20% off uh, every license they buy. So it's not going to be a thousand, it's going to be 800 hours for 10 licenses, basically. 20% so, discount in the month of March. That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The month of March. Yeah. Cool. All right. So for you tire kickers out there, March Madness has started. You need to reach out to Christoph's team and talk to them at cipher.ai. So, hey, that's about all the time we have for us today. Uh, Christoph, thanks for being on the program and uh, 
we will catch up with you soon at the next show. James, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, man. On that, I'm going to go ahead and close out. I hope everybody uh, enjoyed our commentary today and the questions. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. So if you've got questions like that, uh, we're getting more and more engagement from you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just reach out through the SMB Community Podcast website and submit your questions there or just email me at james at kernanconsulting.com. We'd love to hear from you and answer your questions right here live on the show. All right. I think we're going to go ahead and sign off. Amy, thanks uh, for being here today. Love your input. Uh, good to see you. And I will catch up with you next time.